Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The winter of death is upon us. Look, I, I, I wouldn't even begin to say words like that. You know, it'd be, it'd be the idea of, of uh, something Shakespearean where you would say words like that. Or you could be completely irrational like President Joe Biden, who is completely irrational. And the irrational behavior surrounding uh, Omicron, this variant, surrounding COVID, it's nuts. It is absolutely ridiculous. And it needs to stop, but it's not going to stop. And this is why I called my shot. I called my shot and I said lockdowns are coming. No, God! Yes! No, God, please, no! Yes! Yes! No! Yes! No! Yes! Why would anyone think otherwise? It's laughable to think otherwise. Hell, I'm surprised people are going to be able to get on a plane. Even though there are some CEOs who are making perfect sense about masks. I don't know if you heard uh, the CEO from Southwest Airlines. Oh, I thought this was absolutely terrific being asked a question in front of Congress. I think this is, uh, uh, is that Senator Wicker or Representative Wicker? I don't Wait, Senator Wicker being asked a question. We ever asking the question. Do you think be able to get on an airplane without masks? Well, again, I would I would echo uh, my colleagues' comments uh, on the quality of the air. It's uh, the, the the statistics I recall is ninety nine point nine seven percent of airborne pathogens uh, are captured by the HEPA filtering system and is turned over every two or three minutes. We use UT Southwestern and Stanford School of Medicine. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I think the case uh, is very strong that uh, masks don't add much, if anything, uh, in the uh, air cabin environment. It's very safe and very high quality com- compared to uh, uh, any other indoor setting. I love hearing an argument against masks. How about this article from The Atlantic, the CDC's flawed case for wearing masks in schools, something we've been talking about for forever. There are rational minds out there having rational conversations. None of them are being had with or by the president of the United States, Joe Biden. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Did I say hello? I forget. Sometimes Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find it all. TonyKatz.com. This was President Biden with his COVID team yesterday. He wanted to make this address to the American people, and he's sitting there wearing his mask. You know he's fully vaccinated. Here it is. More detail about what I'm going to be speaking about today, but I want to send a direct message to the American people. Due to the steps we've taken, Omicron has not yet spread as fast as it would have otherwise done, and that's happening in Europe. But it's here now, and it's spreading, and it's going to increase. For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and the hospitals, they'll soon overwhelm. But there's good news. If you're vaccinated, you have your booster shot, you're protected from severe illness and death, period. Number two, 
Booster shots work. Three, boosters are free, safe, and convenient. About 60 million people have one, have been boosted. So go get your shot today. Go get boosted. You can tell people to get boosted from now until the end of time. You haven't shown them data that shows it works. You haven't shown them data that shows here's how much more effective it is. They keep talking about getting a booster to deal with Omicron. Let's at least be clear about what we know about Omicron. It is spreading fast. It spreads, based on the first studies, 70 times faster than Delta. It's moving quick. Multiplies 70 times faster than Delta, but as has been described by every report, and they always put in the could, could lead to less severe infections because of its slow growth in the lungs. University of Hong Kong study says there's a much faster rate of replication in the human bronchus, right? We're talking about basically the tubes uh, that that lead to the lungs. Uh, And it began about 24 hours uh, post-infection. In contrast, the Omicron variant replicated less efficiently more than 10 times slower in the human lung tissue than the original SARS-CoV-2 virus, which may suggest lower severity of disease. This has been brought up repeatedly. It may be more infectious, but it is less, less deadly. Let's take it to Bloomberg for this piece of information. This is information you're going to need for the Christmas table because these people are nuts. And you're related to them, and we both know it, so let's not deny I'm trying to help you. According to Bloomberg, South Africa hospitalization rate plunges in Omicron wave. What does that mean? They were the first people to identify Omicron, the South Africans. And I say that because I don't know yet whether or not it originated in South Africa. They were just brave enough to tell us it was there. And they get my respect for that. South Africa says only 1.7% of identified COVID cases were admitted to hospitals in the second week of infections in the fourth wave, compared with 19% in the same week of the third Delta-driven wave. What does that tell us? It could very well tell us that the peak in South Africa may already have come. Now, if if I'm spitballing here, because I don't I don't remember specifically when this when Omicron happened. Oh yes, I do. It was Thanksgiving. Uh, producer Ari, pull out your official Tony Katz Today calendar, would you? If you were to take the day after Thanksgiving, which is a Friday, and count it through till today, can you tell me how many days that's been? The day after Thanksgiving was a Friday. That would be November of twenty. Uh, that'd be the twenty sixth. Right. And 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 today is is a Friday and it's December the the 17th. So could I say that it has been 3 weeks 21 days? You in fact could say for a fact it has been 21 days. You mean in 21 days they went from noticing that there's a new variant to a peak? I I mean 21 like days. You better believe that your schools are going to lock down and go back to hybrid or or or, or straight virtual. Uh, Broadway has I couldn't think of the word Broadway. Sorry, Broadway has already engaged in their lockdowns. You're already seeing schools do this. As I said, it's coming. It's coming. 
I don't know why we're debating. I don't know why we're denying. I don't know why we're questioning me. You're all nuts if you don't think this is coming. I was talking to a business owner last night. Asking, do I have an inside track on this? I said, no, 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 no. If I did, I'd tell you. If I heard from someone, hey, it's coming, man. Be ready. Be ready for it's coming. I just saw the meeting, heard the meeting, was in the meeting, was around the meeting. It's going to happen. Let's go. I would tell you. I'm just taking a look at how these people act and react. I'm taking a look at their fear. They want you to be radically afraid of Omicron. When, and I I mean this with all due respect, there is not a single thing to be afraid of. Notice I said afraid. I didn't say, don't be aware, don't recognize. I think it's rational for all of us to say, oh, there's a new variant. Okay, what do we know? What do we know about this one? What do we know? Tell us. All right, that's really interesting. All right, so that's the data from day one. All right, here's the data from week one. Okay, here's the data from week three. Huh, this thing isn't deadly at all. Symptoms like the common cold. And the vaccine doesn't seem to show efficacy. People talk about boosters helping, but they haven't been able to show that in any kind of data at all. All right, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm cool. Thanks. I'm vaccinated. I feel I'm good enough. I'm not vaccinated. It's not going to bother me anyway. Solid. Solid and good. We're all right. You You have a nice day. People will then make their own decisions. This is nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about. And when there's nothing to worry about, why should we worry? Yet look at all the people who are so completely and totally out of their heads concerned. Why? Because it's an opportunity. Now, I have said before that the desire is not control. The desire is ideology. Always remember there is an ideological desire in place and from that ideological desire comes the need the necessity for control this goes without saying i should i play the clip or should i play the whole thing did you hear this from fauci uh just uh this morning on on cnbc you know what i'm, I'm gonna play the whole thing I'm going to play the whole thing because I want to break it down. I mean, it's you're going to see where it is I'm coming from as you listen to this. And there are holiday parties. Uh, you've talked about getting together with your family uh, during the holidays, and you've recommended testing and the like. At what point would you reassess that, and how would you think about holiday parties, even those with tested in environments and areas? As I said, by next week, if, if, you, if you do the, the math logarithmically, New York could be in a place where, where the positivity rate could cross 25-30%. Let's stop one second. That's a guy from CNBC, Sorkin is his name, talking about positivity rates like they matter. Let's do it again. And I challenge any doctor, any nurse, anywhere. Any health professional tell me otherwise. I'm all ears. If the positivity rate was 100%, 
but no one died. Does it matter? The only answer is no. Positivity rates for Omicron are completely and totally irrelevant. I would also argue they're also irrelevant for the other things. Because what happens if I'm, uh, I've, I've shown positive but I'm asymptomatic? You see how this works? These are all the things you're going to need to deal with the Christmas dinner and the crazy people you have to invite, which I don't believe you have to invite. I don't even think you should invite, but you may have already invited them, so you're out of luck. How does Dr. Fauci answer this? Well, you've got to just take things one step at a time and take a look at how things evolve. I mean, obviously, if you are vaccinated, your family's vaccinated, you have friends who are vaccinated and hopefully also boosted, You could still enjoy a social gathering generally in a home. You've got to be careful when you go into large public indoor spaces where there are a lot of people there. And that's the reason why you should be wearing a mask under those circumstances. But you've got to follow what's going on. If the counts keep going up and the the test positivity keeps going up, we may need to be more restrictive. Um. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the right word. Hold on. It's eluding me uh, right now. Uh, uh, told you bitches so. <laughs> Come on. You knew it. You knew it. I knew it. If the positivity rates go up, we may have to be more restrictive. Which positivity rates? The positivity of Omicron or the positivity of everybody in America knowing that you, Dr. Fauci, are a holy damn fool? Oh, and for the people who think that I'm too hard on Dr. Fauci, trust me when I say I'm holding back. But for right now, people who are vaccinated and boosted should feel reasonably comfortable. The risk is never zero. That's for sure. Dr. Fauci, uh, a lot of folks are getting on airplanes or planning to get on airplanes over the next week or two. Uh, They, of course, will be asked to mask. But given the transmissibility of Omicron, does it does it change the dynamic? You know, a lot of people get on a plane, they wear a a fabric mask. Does that does that even work? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that fabric masks work. I mean, there are different grades of masks that have different degree of capability of keeping out aerosol and droplet particles. I mean, obvious, the N95 is the best one, but they're relatively uncomfortable to wear. Not a lot of people wear them. But a regular surgical mask as well as a cloth mask is fine. Even though we have airline CEOs saying... um This is unnecessary. Even though we have studies from the University of Waterloo that show with a three millimeter gap, the efficacy of your mask goes down to 3%, even if it's an N95. And if you tried to wear an N95 for more than an hour at a time, the level of headache that you would have would be out of control. But I love how CNBC was trying to create some fear about masks right there. If you start with a total dishonest premise, what kind of result could you get other than horrible? Dr. Fauci's position should be, look, here's the science of what we know about Omicron. Thank you very much. Not a position of policy. And if the, if the CDC had done this, if the NIH had done this from the beginning, we would have much more faith in these institutions. But we don't.
and we don't have faith in Fauci, and we don't have faith in the President of the United States who wants you to know that it's going to be a winter of death. Otherwise done, and that's happening in Europe. But it's here now, and it's spreading, and it's going to increase. For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For Omicron? No, we're not. You know, I do talk often about they have an ideological, and that leads to the control. But sometimes they just are fear-mongering. I'm Tony Katz. So the Supreme Court has returned the Texas abortion case to the court that backed the ban. This is pretty interesting. It seems very obvious that this court is going to make a move somehow on abortion. Now, what that June decision is going to be, I don't know. I do know this. It's going to be lit. Let's see what happens to the conversation of insurrection when a couple hundred thousand people don't get the ruling they want from SCOTUS. Let's see what when they storm the Supreme Court. Will it be an insurrection? Tune in to find out. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Here's what happened. Supreme Court returned a case over the Texas abortion ban. This is the, you know, no abortions after six weeks and that uh, people can sue if you're even trying to perform an abortion. They returned it to a federal appeals court. But the clinics and the doctors, they wanted to go back to a trial judge who had blocked the law once before. And the Supreme Court said, no, it's going back to the federal appeals court. Thank you very much. And because of that, it seems very obvious that those who have been trying to fight this are saying, yeah, we can't fight anymore. There's nothing to fight. We have lost our recourse here. By sending it back to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, they're, they're, they're basically making the statement that, look, we're not going to bother with this. We're not going to allow ourselves to, to be drug into this until you bring us a case that we can actually make a ruling on. You're not bringing us an argument. The moral of the story here is abortion is going to come to an end in Texas. They're going to rule in the Mississippi case in June, and we may actually see Roe v. Wade go by the wayside. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. It is time once again for the annual tradition here at Tony Katz today, the dummies. Oh, so magical. It's a magical time of year indeed, producer Ari. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, great to be with you. What are the dummies? Those are the awards given to the most ridiculous, most nonsensical, absolutely foolhardy, what in the bloody hell are you talking about things said by a politico or a media person or a culture person or maybe your mom. We don't know... Until we hear from the nominees. The nominees are selected by our crack platoon of nominee selectors. They include producer Ari. And producer Ari. That's right. I 
I tell you, I filter them through a highly capable team of experts who study it rigorously. This is a year-long process. This is not willy-nilly. Very prestigious award show. We would never half-ass it. Right now, producer Ari and I are both wearing tuxedos from the waist down. Let's find out who are the nominees. These are the people who have said the most ridiculous, nonsensical thing in 2021. And as we know, producer Ari, many nonsensical things were said in 2021. How did you narrow it down to the four nominees? The process of the dummies is simple, is that you don't need any context to, to, to read these comments and hear these comments and say, boy... That is just terrible. Who who would say such a thing? Now, you understand we never use the words dumb or stupid on the show. We really try to avoid them because they end conversation. But on this, there was just no other way. There was no other way to explain it. So the only rule for the Dummy Awards is that even out of context, it's still clinically insane. Correct. And with that finger... I was going to call I you fingers say, yeah. I almost called you my, my partner from Eat, Drink, Smoke. With that, Producer Ari... Let us talk about the Dummy Awards. Who is nominee number one? Nominee number one belongs to the supervisor, Jim Desmond, uh, who said that American students cannot go back to school, but migrant children can get in-person teachers. There is no clip for this. It was a tweet. So the tweet, oh, I thought there was a clip. I was every all geared other, up every for, other one for has a, a clip. clip. All the others have clips. This goes back to March of 2021, San Diego public school teachers to give migrant kids in-person instruction before, of course, the actual students and the taxpayers who pay for those students to get educated. It was okay to teach children who aren't American citizens, but it was not okay to teach American citizens. That is a take. That is a hot take. And that is nominee number one for the Dummy Awards. I feel like we need just a little bit of extra music here. Let me see if, if I can. If Oh, yeah. I, ah, that's not it. That's not it. I can, I can put this together. Uh, there it is. Thank you very much. Who is nominee number two, producer Ari? Ah, uh, from Joy Reid's show. I'm saying yes. MSNBC contributor and former Lincoln Project guy, Kurt Bardella. Scumbag. Says, Wait, what? What? Who said that? Who said that? Please, no no calling out from the audience, please. Says Donald Trump and the GOP are worse and have done more damage to America than Al-Qaeda, Osama bin Laden, and the Taliban combined. Listen. And it's really, it's really something hearing those comments from President George W. Bush. I've been thinking to myself this whole time, you know, Al-Qaeda. Osama bin Laden, the Taliban, the people who wanted to do harm to our nation and to our way of life and our democracy, they got nothing on what this Republican Party is doing. Oh, that is precious. That is precious right there. That's that's the kind of ideological claptrap that makes MSNBC the station you don't watch. That is that is that is priceless from Bardella. It's like, hey, how many incendiary things can I string together? And then people say, hmm, yes, you are very wise. Like, if it was CNN, you'd hear Brian Stelter going, hmm, hmm. Very hmm. strong nominee. Oh, that is, you know, in any other year, that's a clear winner. But we have so many strong nominees this year, it's hard 
to say. That was nominee number two, producer Ari, who is nominee number three for the Dummy Awards. Friend of the show, but not really, Jen Psaki, when being pushed by Peter... Wait, wait. How, how did Jen Psaki get close to being friend of the show? She's mentioned so often, I thought there was some sort of transitive friend friendship property. That- That's not how it works. No? Okay. My apologies. Frequent topic of conversation on the show, Jen Psaki. <laughs> when being pressured by Peter Ducey on why Joe Biden has not visited the border, she responded... Well, Joe Biden has visited the border back in 2008. Okay, following up on something else the president said last night. Why did President Biden say he has been to the border? Well, Peter, uh, as you may have seen, there's been uh, reporting that he uh, did drive through the border when he was on the campaign trail in 2008. And he is certainly familiar with the fact, and it stuck with him, with the fact that uh, in El Paso, uh, the border goes right through the center of town. Just, just, just tremendous. I, I, th- I think we should all just take a moment to enjoy the speechlessness that comes after hearing something like that. The border's in total disarray. The border's a mass crisis. And he was there 13 years ago. Like he remembers what he did 13 minutes ago. Never mind 13 years ago. Jen Psaki. Baghdad bobbing her way to the list of the dummies. These are the awards for the most ridiculous things said by a Politico or other in 2021. It's a strong list of contenders. We have one more. Producer Ari. And that's right. There is a fourth contender right now. Producer Ari, who is our fourth nominee? Unfortunately, Tony, it is the commander-in-chief. Joe Biden. I tried. I usually, it's the first time ever in the history of the dummies four years the president has actually been nominated for a dummy, but this was just too much to pass up. This is Biden in July, one month before the tragedy in Afghanistan. Joe Biden saying, there is going to be no circumstance where you're going to see people lifted off the roof of the U.S. Embassy in a helicopter. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the of the United States from Afghanistan. And the irony is that that is literally exactly what happened. There's Joe Biden trying to calm nerves. We will not see it like the fall of Saigon and we still left people behind. I don't think that part is funny at all. We we left Americans to die uh, behind. There you have it. You have the four nominees for the Dummy Awards, now you can reach out to us on the social medias, on the Twitter box, at Tony Katz, and let us know who your choice is to win the Dummy Awards. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I have to tell you, this this is a hard slog. Let me break this down, producer, all right, if I can, and make sure everybody knows who our four nominees are. Uh, first, uh, you have uh, that story uh, out of San Diego back in March where uh, the children who have come across the border illegally uh, are getting an education, unaccompanied minors and all. But uh, San Diego County students... Actual American citizens were not allowed for in-person teaching because of COVID. Indeed. Now that, in any other year, is so criminally insane. And what makes that one so strong is that it's more than just a statement. It was a policy 
they actually did it. So it's more than something just ridiculously said. Yes, it's, a it's something ridiculously done. And that's a factor. And that makes it super strong. 130,000 kids in the San Diego Unified School District who didn't get to go to school. But these migrant children, they got the best education our money could buy. Very, very strong contender, producer Ari. And then it is the MSNBC guest, Kurt Bardella. The funny thing about Kurt Bardella is that he used to work for Breitbart. And he just he just switched. He just went uh, the, the other way and said, hey, I can... I can make money like this. Now, maybe he went for ideological reasons. But when you sign up and partner with the Lincoln Project, man, you're a bad dude. You are like a Reed Galen kind of low-life jerk. You are terrible. You're protecting uh, predators like John Weaver. You're working the, the, the grift for Rick Wilson and Steve Schmidt. Man, shameful, shameful stuff. Really ugly. But the GOP is a bigger threat than Al-Qaeda, Bin Laden, and the Taliban combined. He went for the trifecta of big, scary words. What I don't understand, hold the music, is why he wasn't excoriated for this by MSNBC. Do me a favor, producer. All right, play it again. Stand by. Okay. We should have practiced this in rehearsal. I've been hearing those comments from President George W. Bush. I've been thinking to myself this whole time, you know, Al-Qaeda, Osama bin Laden, the Taliban... The people who wanted to do harm to our nation and to our way of life and our democracy, they got nothing on what this Republican Party is doing. The idea that a member of their party, of their leadership, whose last name is Cheney, could be purged from their leadership for telling the truth about January 6th, for telling the truth about a violent insurrection that claimed the lives of, of among of a, a Capitol Police officer. The fact that they won't, people like Cheney won't support the great lie that this election was rigged or there was voter fraud, uh, that anti-democratic forces are hijacking this party, purging one of, one of the members who won't, who won't abide by the party line, uh, that is so detrimental and dangerous. We are a two-party system in this country. That's oh, I've had enough. Built, first things first. When one of those uh, I, I believe uh, no police officers died. Uh, Officer Sicknick did not die because of what took place on January 6th. Uh, so lie right there. You want to talk about big lie if we're going to be using that despicable term like he is. Secondly, uh, uh, she was purged from leadership because she wasn't leading. She was sending the Republican Party down an ununified road as opposed to focusing on policy. Third, and at first she was allowed to keep her leadership position, and then she kept going down this road. And third, here's the big one. He's comparing the Republican Party to Al-Qaeda bin Laden and Taliban and calling them the bad guys. Combined. Why isn't he called, why isn't he called to the carpet for being anti-Muslim? He's on Joy Reach. Why dude. is he calling Muslims bad people? I find that despicable. That would happen. Where is Ilhan Omar to call him out as the Lauren Boebert of his time? Oh, my gosh. I find that despicable. Despicable. Those three groups of people are not representative of Muslims, in case you were curious. But it is interesting that he would say it and not be called to the carpet. But what was number three? Number three was, of course, uh, that Jen Psaki quote that Joe Biden has been to the border because he drove through El Paso in 2008. Okay, there's up on something else the president said last night. 
Why did President Biden say he has been to the border? Well, Peter, uh, as you may have seen, there's been uh, reporting that he uh, did drive through the border when he was on the campaign trail in 2008. That's insane. That is insane and perfect for this White House. Perfect. The level of disdain that they have for you, me, and we, for the American people, the level of belittling that Jen Psaki engages in on a daily basis. There are strong women in the world, and Jen Psaki is just not one of them. I mean, it's just nasty. It's insulting. It's meant to be. And then, of course, Joe Biden making the Vietnam comparison about the withdrawal from Afghanistan one, more, one month before the disaster. The North Vietnamese Army, they're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. Now, the part here that makes this a nominee is that it's a self-inflicted wound. He didn't have to say anything like it. He had to project strength and move on. He decided to invoke Vietnam all by himself. He didn't have to do it. Self-inflicted. So those are the nominees. Now, I know, uh, Producer Ari, you have got a winner in mind, but the people will vote. Exactly. The people speak, their votes are tallied, and we will decide the winner. Yeah, yeah, we totally disregard the votes. But you still get the chance to do it on Twitter. Right now, we'll come back with the winner. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. You guys know that Senator John Kennedy is, like, one of my favorites. He's good for a quote. The senator from Louisiana... He's uh, talking to a judicial nominee for Joe Biden. Her, her name is Ann Traum. And she just wouldn't answer questions for him. So finally, he's like, all right, let's start with something super basic. So I'm going to ask it again. Maybe it's me. Do you believe that we should forgive a criminal act in the name of social justice? Senator I ha- share the view that we should be unbiased, but I also share the view that our criminal justice system and our process is very individualized. So what should happen in any particular case is a matter of the process and the very specific do, do facts you believe in that case. that a criminal act should be forgiven in the name of social justice? So the outcome of any case is always highly individualized based on the process and the fact. What's your favorite color? Blue. Thank you. (laughs) I got one. I'm one for about 20. How do you not love that man? That's pretty good. How do you not love that man, Senator Kenny of Louisiana? He's fantastic. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. But it's time to reveal the winner, Producer Ari. The winner of the Dummy Awards 2021. What is the most ridiculous thing said by a Politico or other? And the only qualification is it has to stand on its own merits without any explanation. Was it in San Diego? People saying you can't teach our kids 
in schools, but it's okay for us to teach migrant children at the border because of COVID. Was it Kurt Bardella of the Lincoln Project, which, you know, uh, covers for uh, uh, child predators, uh, saying that Al-Qaeda, bin Laden, and Taliban are not as big of a threat as the GOP? Was it Jen Psaki saying that Joe Biden has visited the border back in 2008 when he drove through El Paso? Or was it President Biden himself with a self-inflicted wound by saying a month before the Afghanistan botched withdrawal that you won't see people lifted off of embassies like Saigon? Are the votes in? Well, the votes are in, but they don't matter. Producer Ari, what is your selection? Who for you wins the dummy? There is no question who wins the dummy. It is the guy who said that Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, and Osama bin Laden are combined not as bad as the GOP. That would be Kurt Bardella. Wait, do you get to decide who the winner is? Do you disagree with me? I guess we'll find out uh, when I get back. Oh, you're not going to do this, us. We'll catch you all in January. I love you. <laughs> I'm Tony Katz. Next time, everyone. Take care.